we're on page 166. Um, for those of you that are following in the book, um, we're going back a little bit. We're going to talk about now um, how brachos are actually, what they actually cover, meaning if I make a bracha and I have, um, does it cover more than one item? If I make a bracha, can I make, does it work for more than one place? If I make a bracha, does it work for more than one time? These are the halachas of brachos that uh, come up all the time. These are the questions that people are, uh, you know, a lot of the other stuff was background material until now, and much of it was, was pretty straightforward. Here's where we get into the really technical nitty gritty of, of the halachas of brachos as we know them, um, as they as they um, as they come up on, almost on a daily basis. So let's begin with this introduction. Then. So having determined the proper order of brachos, as we mentioned before, specific brachos, brachos that go on grains as opposed to on fruits, fruits as opposed to vegetables, if that's a difference, and then on all the foods, the more specific the bracha is, brachos on foods as opposed to brachos on 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 uh, on drinks. Shiva uh, Saminim, things that I prefer, things that are whole, all of those were the factors that we discussed in the previous weeks. But now, let's move to uh, explore the following three issues. First of all, what is included in the original bracha? Meaning, does a bracha include all foods of the same variety? I make a barikriya eights. Um, let's, say, let's say it was something that I wanted and it was a whole fruit. Um, let's take it as a, a date. Right, and so I made a bracha on. It was simple and straightforward. But now I also want to eat grapes, or I want to eat um, other types of things. What's what's the halacha with regard to those things? So, um, uh, so, for, so for example, if one recites a bracha on an apple, can you have another apple or even an orange eaten without repeating the bracha? What's the din? Um, does the bracha lose its effectiveness once one decides to eat no more? Or may one rely on that original bracha should he subsequently decide to continue eating? Um, and third, and lastly, what, what's this is the most, probably the most difficult. Does a bracha remain effective even if one leaves his original place of eating? Can I? Is there a way to move around with brachos or not? So in short, is a bracha inclusive? Does it cover all similar foods in all circumstances and places? Is a bracha limited exclusively to the particular food? And to the place in which it was recited, we learn that a bracha may be either inclusive or exclusive, depending upon one's intention at the time of its recital. Furthermore, the effectiveness of even an inclusive bracha can be terminated by external factors such as changing one's mind, place, going to sleep, other things, other factors like that. We'll, we'll see how each of those play in and affect uh, exactly what, 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 what happens when I make a bracha. So... Uh, somebody who says a bracha on a particular food. So let's say a fruit. Let's take an, let's take an apple, for example. Made a bracha, made a bracha, I ate some apple, right? So now I can eat any other food requiring the same bracha if that food was present on the table at the same time of the bracha. Whether or not he originally intended to plan to eat the second food is immaterial. As long as it was present when he made the bracha, he's good. Now, that does not mean that if he intentionally meant not to eat it, right? Um, I think we talked about this example last week. Let's say I, um, I, I have in front of me um, a couple pieces of cake um, or two different, a better example would be two different kinds of cookies, right? So I say, I'm only going to have one cookie. I'm making a bracha. 
I only want to eat one cookie. I don't want to eat any more, right? And we all know how that goes, right? You would say, try that one cookie. And then what do you know? A few minutes later, just a little nibble, just a little less, right? But the point is, the point is, I, I intentionally did not want the bracha to go on the other, on the other, on the other cookie. So in that situation where I intentionally didn't want to, to go on the other food, um, then uh, one actually, the bracha actually does not count for that. Um, that is, this is not something that comes across very clearly in the halakha, unless one actually reads the halakha very carefully, but that is, that is the actual ten. So, so, so if, however, the second food was not present, but however, so, but that's not what we're discussing over here. We're talking about now, let's say the second food was not around at the time. Now, again, I just want to point out for, for clarity's sake, we're not, we're not discussing when I'm the guest in somebody else's house. When I'm a guest in somebody else's house and I have no idea what there is to eat and what there isn't to eat and what plans to be served, etc., we're going to see that that's a whole different set of rules. We're talking about I'm in my own house. I'm, I'm everything subject to more, to what I want and the way I want it to be. So, so then the law is like this. If the f- second food was not present on the table, then a new bracha may be required. And a bracha, bracha may be required even for eating an additional amount of the same food. If I have one, I say I'm only going to eat one piece of cake. And I'm sorry, I say I'm going to eat a piece of cake. And there's only one piece of cake in front of me. And the rest of the cake is in the kitchen in order to get the rest of the cake. And I only plan on eating that one piece. And I never intentionally stated that I'm planning to make, to eat the rest of the cake. Right? So the fact that I made a bracha, on what was in front of me, and we'll see in a minute, we'll talk about this idea when it comes to the halachos of brachos, we always go with what we assume people's intention usually is. Um, I know you could ask me, well, what do you know? How do you know? Maybe maybe everybody's different. Maybe the, 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 the bottom line is most people in general think the same. It's interesting. For instance, um, uh, there's a Gemara at the end of the sixth parak of Brachos. The Gemara there is talking about whether or not a person should make a shahakol on water or should he make a brain of fascist. And that is a Bracha Chorna, as a Bracha Rishona. So the, uh, um, as a, no, I'm sorry, Bracha Chorna. So the Gemara says, the Gemara there is, and the question the Gemara has is whether or not one person says the Shem Hashem at the end of the Bracha. And the Gemara's Psak Halacha is Puk Chazi Mai Amadavar. Go see what the people do. There are standard behaviors. Granted, some of them might be cultural. Some of them might be different in when you go to different countries, um, how things are done. But there is a standard of the way people behave. And even if I choose to be different than that standard, there, the, 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 um, the status quo, so to speak, is with whatever the standard their people regularly do, with many halachas of brachos, including these brachos as well. Okay, so so if it's standard operating procedure that if there's only one piece of cake on the on the table, that's all that's being offered, and there's nothing more. Again, not when you're a guest in somebody else's house, when you're in your own home. That that's that's the standard oper- that's the standard way things are done. That you don't usually go get another piece. Then when a person has a, has in, makes a bracha without having anything in mind on the piece of cake that's in front of him, it does not work for the piece of cake that's back there in the kitchen. It doesn't work for the piece, certainly not for the piece of cake that I didn't buy yet, or that, that, I'm sent, that somebody's going to send someone to the store. Even if I'm going to remain seated in my place at the table while they go run quickly and get it, 
If it wasn't there at the time that I made the bracha, then the bracha does not go on that. Um, um, the following factors are crucial in determining the necessity of a new bracha. One, whether the original food was eaten informally as a snack or eaten as a regular meal. Um, we'll talk about exactly what, the, what, the, what that means. So the second is what was one's intent at the time of the bracha. And the third thing, whether any of the original food remained uneaten on the table at the time of the arrival of the second food, so that it can be considered a considered continuation of what I was already eating. And the third thing is whether the two foods were in the same state, meaning are they both liquids, are they both solids, whether the bracha was decided on a food considered by Chazal of lesser importance than the second food, then it's not so pashat that if I made a bracha on something less important, when I bring something more important to the table, you may have to make a bracha on that anyway. And the last factor is whether one is a guest at another's home, then we'll see that my very little is dependent on what I'm thinking when I'm not in my own home. Basically, I'm just relying on the balabais, on the owner of the home, what they're going to do. But let's, let's begin at the beginning. So we said the first thing is whether the original food was eaten informally as a snack or eaten as a regular meal. So the rules listed below apply only to food eaten informally, meaning as a snack. Snacking is not likely to result in eating either an extensive amount or a variety of foods. I don't know whose house he, he's in, but, um, but, uh, but, but supposedly... When you're snacking, all you want is a little bit. You don't really want to just keep eating and eating. I mean, it's, it's, it's a curious thing whether or not these halachos change based on changing times. I don't know if you've noticed, but, but less and less, when you go to the store, less and less do you see individual snack bags. They don't come there. You're all, it's always a family-sized snack bag. And who eats a fam- family-sized snack bag doesn't mean family. It means one person sits down and eats the whole bag. That's what, that's, what, that's what goes on. That's what I see happening. The kids, they come home, you give them a bag of chips, a bag of chips means a bag of chips. It doesn't just mean, you know, like a, a little snack bag. Like when, when I was a little kid, that, that's all you got, one snack bag. That was it. Now it's like a, a family bag of chips and that's the bag of chips. And when, by the time the kids get up, it's all gone. That's it. They, they finished the whole thing. All right. But the, so there could be that these halachas, again, are subject to the time and the place. But so, but um so, so, so some authorities consider the bracha recited on a snack to be limited exclusively to the food upon which it was recited. So in determining the need for a new bracha, a number of factors have to be considered. First and foremost being the intention at the time of the bracha was recited. One who had a specific intention at the time of the bracha, then that's going to be the defining factor. If it was an inclusive intention, one who recites a bracha specifically intending to include any other food he may later eat, need, need not recite a new bracha when eating or drinking any other food requiring the same bracha. However, if the person had an exclusive intention, meaning conversely, one who recites a bracha with the specific intent of eating only the food in front of him, has to repeat even the same bracha if he decides to eat any additional food. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a big chedesh. That means that even though I, this is, I, I ate my apple, then all of a sudden I decide, you know what, I want the taste of an orange or I want another apple. And that, that wasn't something that I intended and wasn't something that was in front of me at the time. Then I will have to make a new bracha. In both cases, no distinction is made as to whether or not the, any of the original food remains or whether or not the additional food is of the same type as the first one. Um, even if it's both apples or both oranges. The fact is I changed my mind and that change of intent triggers 
a new bracha. Now, one who had no specific intent at the time of the bracha, so but but at the time of the bracha, um, he had uh, he had no intention, no specific intention regarding eating additional foods. So then it's a machlokas whether or not you need a new bracha. Some hold that even if none of the original food remains, a new bracha is not required because basically, since he didn't have an ex- exclusive intent, then by, by default, the default position is inclusive. Those authorities do not differentiate between one who wishes to eat more of the same food or one who wishes to eat a different type of food or of the same bracha. Um, in their opinion, a person commonly eats more than he originally planned, and therefore a bracha cannot be considered exclusive to the food upon which it was initially recited. So that illustrates a concept widely used in these halachos brachos, which I just mentioned before. Any action of a person, unless specified otherwise, is considered done in accordance with the common behavior. And therefore, since people generally eat more than they originally intended, isn't that a surprise, right? The bracha is considered to have been recited with that assumption that you actually are going to eat more than you originally intended to eat. And although authorities agree, in their view, informal eating does not necessarily lead to further eating. I'm sorry, other, I'm, excuse me, other authorities disagree. And they say that no, informal eating, meaning if as long as I'm not sitting down at a meal and I'm not planning to have an expansive amount of food, so then that's, I wouldn't necessarily eat more than what I thought I was. And consequently, one who recites a bracha without specific intent intends the bracha to be effective only on the food that's in front of him. And if he then decides to eat additional foods, so a new bracha is required. He was eating cookies and then he decides to eat pretzels. So the assumption of these authorities is that pretzels were not included in my original bracha because I'm never going to go beyond, I shouldn't be going beyond the cookies that I plan to eat. This ruling would apply even if some of the original food remains and regardless of the fact that he desires to eat more of the same food, um, it makes no difference. There is no clear consensus amongst postkim as to which opinion to follow. The opinion that says that people naturally eat more than they thought they were going to eat, or when it's informal, so then people don't really, they don't want to snack too much. Nobody wants to snack too much, therefore. Now, later post can therefore rule that under either of the following two conditions, no new bracha is necessary. The first of those two conditions is A, one one who wishes to eat more of the same food. If, If I'm eating the same thing that I ate before, then I certainly don't need another bracha. Or B, some of the original food remains, as long as some of the original food is on the table. Um, um, provided that both the original and the new food are in the same state, meaning they're either liquids or, or solids. But he, if, however, none of the original food remains and one wishes to eat a different food, then we would require a new bracha, meaning it's something that wasn't on the table at the time when I made the first bracha. This ruling is based on the principle of Suffolk brachos tahakam, which is, we've mentioned this concept before, a bracha should not be said when its necessity is uncertain, and accordingly faced with the difference of opinion um, among the poskim, we have no choice but to refrain from reciting a bracha. Authorities do, however, strongly recommend that all brachos be recited with a clear mental stipulation that they include any food which one may yet decide to eat. In this manner, the problem of Suffolk Bracha is avoided. So at the end of the day, what he's suggesting over here is the following. Even though we all know we want to stick to our diets and we want to limit our intake and we don't want to eat too much and we don't want to pig out, 
But at the end of the day, that could get you into a lot of problems with understanding whether or not you need another bracha or not. And since we want to avoid those kinds of problems, it's much better to have intent, in, intentionally to say, when I'm making a bracha, this bracha goes on whatever I decide to eat in this sitting um, or in this with the snack. Now, I say in this sitting because we're going to see the next section deals with a fixed meal, but more than more than a fixed meal, what we're going to see uh, in a couple of, uh, in, in a little bit is, um, it's really in section three over here, what happens when a person changes places, when a person moves from one place to another. That has a whole different set of rules and even intent to continue eating in another place may not actually be enough. This creates major problems if you think about it, you are, want to take your cup of coffee on the run, right? You want to you get up in the morning, you got to get to work. You're running a little late. You didn't have a time to drink down that whole mug before you, before you headed out the door. So you put it into a, into a paper cup, you put a, a, a cover on it, right? And you want to sip it all the way down to work, especially if you, uh, you know, to drive through the terrible Providence traffic to get to work. Then you really you know, need your cup of coffee. But, but that be, you know, be that as may, whatever it is, the, the reality is, I may, I have the I, I I may have a desire to continue drinking either on the move or in another place. Can I can I have does this idea of having things in mind like we're saying over here? We have in mind that it's a broad category that anything that I plan to eat um, should be included. We'll we'll see. That may not be as simple, but certainly with regard to when I'm sitting in the same place, even if all I'm doing is snacking, not actually eating a meal. But I have in mind that, you know what, uh, it could be that after I have cookies, I might want to have pretzels, and after I have pretzels, I might want to have cake, and after I have cake, and I might want to have something else, right? So, so or if, when I have one fruit, I may want to eat two fruit. If I eat a bunch of grapes, I may want to eat cherries, right? All those things, it's better to have, rather than having very specific, limited das, limited intent at the time of making a bracha, it's better to have a broader approach in mind, specifically, so that we avoid all questions. Now, brachos recited during a fixed meal have a different status. The rules listed above apply only to food eaten informally, like a snack. But a snack does not necessarily lead to continued eating. And therefore, there are authorities that consider this bracha to be exclusively to the food upon which it was recited. However, a formal meal, right, like breakfast, lunch, or supper, or even fruits eaten in a formal manner, um, I think... uh, I'm going to assume that the ladies over here are very, very cultured, but I rarely have seen this. But, but in, in South Africa, they used to, they had part of your, your cutlery set had a fruit knife. There was a fruit knife and the fruit knife was meant for cutting fruits and eating it. And you cut up the fruit and you ate it, you ate it up. So if a person's eating in such a formal manner, right, or you have, uh, I don't know, you have your melon all scooped out, right? So, um, those types of things, it's clear that um, it's, it's that it's likely to extend more foods than one originally anticipated eating. And so in contrast to the section before, where we were talking about snacking, a bracha recited during a fixed meal is considered inclusive. The, the fallback position is that the bracha at the beginning of the meal covers everything in the meal, because you're always going to end up eating more, and there's going to be things on the plate that were a surprise, etc., so th- those types of things are, uh, have a whole different rule. Um, uh, so it's inclusive of all foods that one may decide to eat, provided that the bracha applies to them. 
and one did not recite the bracha with the exclusive intention of eating only the first food. Of course, if I, if I explicitly have an exclusive intention, that changes the whole picture. But most people, when they sit down to a meal, it's not what they're doing. And so in this case, the fact that the non, none of the original food remains or that one wishes to eat a different type of food, like an orange falling an apple, which, which, which was not on the table, that is of no consequence here. In all cases, no new bracha is required because essentially I have set myself up to eat multiple different things. What are special circumstances that might differentiate, that might differ from both of these? So the discussion above pertains to brachos recited during an ordinary uh, in, under ordinary circumstances. So during a meal, under ordinary circumstances, the default position is they plan to eat lots of other stuff. When I'm snacking, the default position is that whatever the snack is that's in front of me, that's what I intended to have. I'm not really looking to, to, to create a whole truck full of snacks. That's just not who I am. So, okay, so the discussion above pertains to brachos recited during ordinary circumstances. Before closing our discussion, a number of special circumstances need to be considered. There are exceptions to the rule, as usual. So what are they? So brachos that are recited on foods of lesser importance. Let's say I make a bari piyahadama on popcorn. Make a bari piyahadama on popcorn. So now I want to have snap peas. Can I eat snap peas with the bari with the piyahadama that I made on popcorn? Or if I made a, a, a even a more, more a clearer, something that's a clearer distinction. I made a bracha on cherries. Does that cover my dates? Or I made a bracha on a slice of grapefruit. Does that cover my whole apple, right? So you see that here I have circumstances where I have something, an item which is of higher value and greater importance than the original item. What's the halacha? We've learned in the previous chapter that when a bracha is meant to include two foods, it should be recited on the more important of the two foods. So for instance, something that's whole. The different levels of importance are fully explained earlier. Okay, we talked about that. One who disregards these rules and recites a bracha on the food of lesser rank cannot use that bracha for more important food. If you make a bracha on a slice, on a few pomegranate seeds, so that's not covering, that bracha is not covering your apricot. That's not right. Or or any other whole fruit. It is considered improper to use the bracha of the lower ranking food for a more prominent food in a casual manner, even if both foods were in front of him at the time of the bracha because you should have been making the bracha on the other food. If, however, the bracha was recited with specific intent of including the more important food as well, then no new bracha is required, even if the more important food was not present at the time of the bracha. But I knew they were going to bring out grapes, so I made a bracha on my slice of my, of my orange, a slice of my mandarin. Right? But I knew that that was the signal that they're, they're, going, to bring out the, they're going to bring out other things. So, still... So, so this rule pertains only to foods of different species. If, however, both foods are of the same species, both are apples, the bracha recited on one is effective for the other, regardless of the fact that one may be nicer or better than the other. The, uh, the exception being, right, this is the exception to this, the exception to our exception, our exception is that if I made a bracha on a lesser food, it doesn't cover a more important food. But if they're both the same food, right, so one would be lesser because it's just a slice of an apple over a whole apple, something like that, then we're not going to make this distinction. Now, what about brachos recited by a guest? When you're in somebody else's house, I have no idea what they're bringing out. I have no idea what to have in mind because they didn't check with me with the menu. When I usually, most people, when I arrive at their house to eat, 
They're not asking, they're not telling me, okay, we're going to serve X, Y, and Z. Well, maybe if they're a very fancy chef and they want you to see all the fancy stuff that they use. So then, then, then maybe they put the, they put the menu on the, on the, on the, you know, next to the, next to the card or by your seat. So you can anticipate to use, uh, what you're, what you're going to be eating. But most people, you go for a guest as a guest in somebody's house, right? So, 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 so you don't have this opportunity to make a bracha thinking about all the delicious food that's going to be brought out. One who's a guest at another's home is generally neither aware of what his host plans to serve, nor has any say in the matter. Actually, no, nobody's really asking the guest, do you want this or do you want that? I mean, once you get it to the table, you're asking them. But I'm saying when, when, you're, when you're serving it, when you're, serve, when you're deciding what you want to put out, you're not asking the guests what they want. Therefore, on the host's plans, not, I'm sorry, that's when the guest recites a bracha, its scope is dependent on the host's plans and not on the guest's intentions. So therefore, whatever the host may eventually serve is considered included in the guest's bracha and all the qualifications of the above, listed above do not apply unless the guest clearly specifies mentally that his bracha is independent of the host's plans. If he says, I'm, I intend, I, I don't rely on all of this, I'm more stringent when it comes to brachos, so therefore I want to do things my way, I don't want to do it your way, um, so then in a khanami, he would retain his bracha. Now, the case of a bracha when the original food is not eaten. Um, the rule listed above pertains exclusively to one who actually ate from the original food. That halacha varies somewhat if one was unable to eat from the fruit upon which the bracha was initially recited. Let's say I made a bracha on an apple, and then just as I'm about to take a bite out of it, it falls down into, not just into the dirt, but it falls into, I don't know, something a little more disgusting. So that now at this point, it becomes disqualified. I can't eat it. There's no way for me to eat it. So now what should I do? Um, um, so a bracha cannot be inclusive of other foods unless it takes effect upon the food from which it was primarily recited. For example... If one said a bracha on a peach, which then falls to the ground before he has a chance to eat from it, if the peach is inedible, he may not take another peach in its place, unless his original bracha was meant specifically to cover the second peach as well. Not as a fallback position. Not because we know that you plan to eat more fruit, but if he specifically intended to eat that peach as well, then in the making of this bracha, then the, their peach counts too. In the opinion of some authorities, if the second peach was before him at the time of the bracha, the bracha is considered to be recited on both peaches, just because you happen to choose one over the other one, it looked nicer to you, it smelled nicer to you, so that, that doesn't necessarily change the fact that this would still be a bracha. However, other authorities disagree, and they say since we're faced with this halacha of suffolk bracha, so one should not repeat the bracha. Whenever you're in doubt, when it comes to brachos, this is the application of our rule of suffolk brachos the hakel. When you have a doubt as to which bracha is necessary to be made, then you always go to the more lenient side and you do, you do not recite another bracha. Um, okay. Um, okay. Let's just summarize quickly. Let's just summarize quickly. Um, if somebody recites a bracha on food and subsequently wishes to eat more food, the requirement for a new bracha depends on the following. First of all, if the food before him was there at the time the bra- for, of the bracha, 
then no new bracha is required. If again, if I have both items in front of me when I make the first bracha, I don't have to make a new bracha on the second item. If the food was not in front of me at the time, but the bracha was said with the clear intention of including all other foods, even not specifically this one, but any other foods, then no new bracha is required. And similarly, the bracha was said with the intention of eating only those foods which were set before him, then if I bring in something that's not in front of him, so then a new bracha is required. The bracha was said with no clear intention, and one wishes to eat more of the same food. So again, so so this is talking about again, so now, um, if the bracha was said with no clear intention, they didn't say what I wanted with it. So now we have to now extrapolate what is the general feeling in terms of making brachos. Do I want it to go on other things? Do I not want it to go on other things? So one who wishes to eat more of the same food, then no bracha is required because you never thought that you were limited to just that one. One who wishes to eat a different food, but some of the original food remains at the time, so then the bracha does not have to be repeated because the foods that are there carry over and you could eat from both at the same time. Um, if none of the first food remains, then the bracha has to be repeated. In the following cases, one need not recite a new bracha unless one specifically intended to eat only the original food unless it was exclusive. If the original food is eaten as part of a fixed meal as opposed to a snack, again, a fixed meal is much better. Fixed meal is, and now I'm eating. So I'm eating. Eating means not just eating this food, I'm eating everything. So whatever's important in front of me, like a good boy, I ate, you put you put the food in front of me because the children are starving in Africa. You know, you can't leave any food over, right? So, uh, uh, so that's, that's uh, but the point is, you're going to eat now whatever is there at the table, whatever, and whatever more, whatever other food gets brought to the table, that's what you're doing. So, if the original food is eaten as part of a fixed meal as opposed to a snack, then no new brachas are required. And similarly, if somebody makes a bracha as a guest, so then his mind has, he has in mind that whatever his host is going to serve him, that's going to be included in his bracha. If the bracha was recited on food of lesser importance, so if a person made a bracha on something that was cut up, now he wants to eat something that's whole, he made a bracha on something that is, for whatever reason, less important than what he has in front of him, so then a new bracha is required, unless you had specific intention to include the food of greater importance. Um, yeah. So Okay, so, so now we get into the next thing that we're going to have to get into. I don't think we're actually going to start. I think we're going to, we're going to stop here for tonight because it's a lot to process and it's, it's worthwhile if you have the book. Just to review, there were three charts covering um, all of these halachos. That are that are well worth the time. Um, uh, so, for instance, one of the things that he shows on the chart, which we didn't talk about, is what about a husband where his wife is serving the food, or vice versa, the wife is sitting at the table and the husband serving the food. Hopefully, that happens too sometimes. Um, so, if that, so then, then, then again, the bracha that you made goes not only on on what you have in front of you and what what you know about. But clearly, you intended to go with whatever the intent of the person who's actually serving the meal, whatever it is that they actually want. And that will, that will determine what my obligation for a bracha is or is not under these circumstances. Okay, 
Let's hold over here because it's a it's a good place to break. And it's a very the next thing is also a little bit more complicated. And uh yeah, so let's let's hold over here. We're holding on page 175, and Mr. Shem will continue next week with what happens when a person decides to stop eating in the middle of a meal or something else that is Mesiachta that makes a person stop thinking. You get an important business phone call and you get into a half hour discussion about a business deal, or you get up from the table to go read a, a good book. Right, and, uh, you know, hopefully all of you probably feel the same way I do about that when they, when the kids get up and go off to read a book. But but how does that impact their brachos? Are their brachos still able to carry over, and or does the can somebody else sitting at the table? That's what we'll talk about later, much later. Can somebody else sitting at the table carry over for the bracha for them? How does that work? Um, and we'll we'll try to deal with each one of those scenarios as they come up. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. Have a wonderful day.